Father, today may we, we know the truth. And may that truth truly enable us uh, to walk uh, in the midst of, of, of what are very just difficult to understand times. And may that truth, because you are truth, because your son is truth, because he is the author of all truth. May we walk knowing your promise to Joshua that is echoed by the writer of Hebrews. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. God, go with us. Help us today as we study. Open our ears to hear, Lord, how we can take what you tell us is going to happen and give hope to those who today have no hope. And do that in a way that honors the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ alone. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the Gospel of John, the 14th chapter. We are, have been for the last few weeks working through the promises of God. And uh, we've, we've looked first at his promise of power. He, Jesus' words... Uh, when he is getting ready to ascend, you will receive power. We talked about what that power looks like and what that power enables us to do. Uh, and then we moved into the promises of fruit. You will bear fruit in me, and that fruit will last. And we looked through uh, a couple of different opportunities. And, and then finally, the characteristics of that fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And, and how those things work out in our life and work through our life to speak truth into other people. Last week, well, we examined the promise of Christ where, where he said, I will send the paraclete, the comforter, to be with you. And he will guide you and direct you and, and, and lead you. And so this morning, building off of that, we're going to look at Jesus' promise to the disciples. And, and we're going to look at that promise in John 14 as he talks about his promised second coming. He talks about some things that are going on right now in, 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 in his father's house and what those promises mean for us, how that practically works out for us as you and I live our life today, and then how we, we understand what that means for you and I to walk in the fact that he is the way, the truth, and the life. So this morning we're going to look at that and in light of the context in which we're living today. You know, there are a lot of people and, and uh, we, we got out yesterday. It was a great day to go to the mall, okay? It's the only time I've ever enjoyed going to the mall in Lubbock uh, was yesterday because nobody was there, okay? So we actually got a parking spot close and, and uh, there was nobody around and, and I wouldn't have even tried to thought about parking up there if, if it had been a normal Saturday, but we got in and, and, and did some stuff and and, uh, but as we were coming out, there was, a, I don't know what church they were with, but there were a, a group of people uh, standing across from the mall that had bullhorns, and they were screaming through the bullhorns, repent, for God is at hand. I mean, that was kind of what they were saying. I, I just, I'm not saying he's not, okay? Um, I believe in the imminent return of Jesus Christ. I believe there is nothing else that has to happen we're not waiting for the fulfillment of anything, but God to say, go, I'm done. And he's going to bust the eastern sky, and he's here, okay? 
but if they're basing that off of this disease, then they're not right. Okay? And the reason I can tell you that is not based upon my study, uh, but one of the guys that I listen to a lot and, and is a good friend of mine, um, you've seen him on Fox News occasionally, Robert Jeffress. Uh, he preached a message last week. They've been working at First Baptist Dallas through the book of Revelation. And uh, last week, Dr. Jeffress preached, is this one of the plagues of the bold judgments in the book of Revelation? And his final reason for the reason that it's not is because the church is still here. Okay? When that all starts happening, we're not going to be here. Okay? So this isn't that yet. But that all happens after we're gone. So just breathe, okay? Just breathe. But in light of where the world is right now and all that is being proclaimed and pushed and, 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 and just all that stuff out there, <laughs> I, you can't help but laugh at some of the stuff that's on Facebook, right? I mean, you know, really. And there was one out there the other day on account of the recent stupidity and panic buying and all the people who bought toilet paper. Don, I think you're the one that shared it, actually. Uh, it said in a few weeks, all the toilet paper will be available because all those people bought toilet paper and not food. And they starved to death. And so there'll be, there'll be toilet paper <laughs> available, okay? Um, don't be stupid, okay? Know what you know and know why you know it and allow what we know about what the Word says to govern what you do. That's what the body of Christ, that's what... Be still and know that I am God means, okay? And, but in light of that, in, in, in this present darkness and the, the doom and gloom that's out there and all the stuff that's going on, understand when Jesus spoke this to the disciples, okay? These are guys who have walked with God incarnate. They have been in the presence of, of holy God. Peter, James, and John have been to the Mount of Transfiguration. They have seen Christ in his revealed glory, and they still think there is an earthly kingdom coming then. And Jesus has just dashed their hopes. He just told them, no earthly kingdom, no thrones, no rulers, not coming right now. In fact, I'm going to die. You've walked in the physical presence of God incarnate for three years, and that's fixing to end. And we talked about what that looked like last week when he said, but I'm going to come back quickly. He did three days, and then he said, I'm going to send the Spirit quickly, and he did, and then the Spirit is there daily. We talked about that last week as we looked at it, but in the midst of what we're going through, think about the darkness that the disciples are in. And in the midst of that darkness, Jesus washes their feet what we know as John 13. And in the midst of washing their feet, he comes out of that and he begins to tell them that one of those disciples is going to betray him. And then Peter says, not me, Lord, I'm going to be there. And he looks at Peter, the first one who professed that he's the Messiah, and said, you're going to deny me three times. And, and, and they're all just, and they're dejected. Their hearts are down, they're depressed, they're discouraged. And in the midst of that, Jesus turns from talking to Peter about his denial and he begins to address the crowd, the group, the 12. And so he comes back into that setting and, and, and he begins to speak into their heart, their troubled heart, 
their panicked heart, their confused heart. And this is what he says. If you have your Bibles open, if, would you stand with me this morning as we honor God's word as we read it together? Verse 1, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, will I come again and take you to myself to, that, that where I am you may be also? And you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You may be seated. May God bless his word this morning as we study it together. So how does what Jesus said in a very similar circumstance, maybe maybe these guys were even more depressed than than a lot of us have been, okay? Maybe, Maybe their world has been rocked even more so than our world has over the last few days and weeks. And in the midst of that, he begins to speak hope. And and the first thing he talks about, this this idea, this concept, this reality of what he's trying to get them to grasp is is going to change their perspective. If if they will get a hold of this, it's going to change the way you look at what you're going through. And the first thing he says is, my father's house is real. My father's house is not this, this cloud thing or this floating around on, on, on a, 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 a cloud with a harp and a, a robe and stringing on, on the harp and singing Amazing Grace for 10,000 years. That's not what heaven is about. And, and so Jesus begins to tell them about the reality of what's going on. Now, I want, you to, I want to put this into context for you. How many of you have ever gone on a vacation, a vac- God, man, I can't even talk this morning, a vacation of more than a week? You've been gone away from your own home for more than a week, okay? You can raise your hand, okay? That's not going to pass the virus. You can raise your hand, okay? All right. Don't breathe in it, but just hold it. You can write, okay. When you come home, it doesn't matter how tired you are from being on your vacation and all the stuff that you've done. When you come home, Even though there may be a mountain of dirty clothes that need to be washed, even though the grass may need to be mowed, when you come home, there is a, you got your own remote in your hand, your own fridge, your own bed, your own couch, your own chair. You've got your own thermostat that you know how to operate. You don't have to hunt the Wi-Fi password. It's home. And there is a, whew. There is a refreshing, there is a relaxation that comes from being home. Jesus says, in my Father's house, my home. It's home. There are many rooms, some translations, many mansions, many dwelling places. And I go to prepare a place for you. Not a cloud for you, but a place for you. Jesus uses words that are real and touchable and tasteable. He he uses ideas and he's not just speaking in some abstract way. He's speaking the reality of what heaven is. My Father's house. 
And because my father's house is real, what you're fixing to go through doesn't compare. It's what Paul meant when, when Paul wrote in, in, in the book of 2 Corinthians. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, verse 6. But in verse five of, or verse 8 of chapter 5, he writes and he says, We would rather to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. He would write in the book of Romans, the 8th chapter, in, in, in the 18th verse, and he says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is going to be revealed to us. And he starts the whole thing off by saying, You believe in God. Believe in me too, because I'm God. I'm making you a promise. And so for you and I today, if you're here this morning and you have a relationship to Jesus Christ, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there was a time where you quit trying and you quit striving and you quit doing. And what you did is surrendered to, to God's grace and said, I put my faith in that and in who he is. I quit. He's it. You can know that the light of the present troubles that we're in don't compare to the reality that exists. It is being prepared and, and made for you in heaven. It's a real place. And it's a place that if we truly understood, we'd want... I believe everything here that is good I can, I can show you in Scripture that everything that is here that is good is a glimpse of what is perfect there. Everything that we enjoy here that He's given us and allowed us to have a hand in creating here. And we don't create from scratch, but we take what He's given and create. That's what it means to be partly constructed and created in the image of God. We have that ability. Why would we just abandon that stuff? And remember, there's a new heaven and there's a new earth. Okay, heaven isn't up there when we get to there. Heaven is here and it's new and it's real. Stacy, I think there are going to be golf courses in heaven. I really do. I don't know how it works because it's perfect, so that means you get a hole in one on every hole. <laughs> but that'll be fun. I'm going to run. We're going to play. We're going we're gonna to sing. We're going to write songs. We're going to... Everything that we do here is a part of what's there. Moses and Elijah on the Mount of Transfiguration, they're known. Peter, James, and John didn't have to go, man, who are those two ghosts standing there? It's real. And that means that I can go through whatever is here because of that. But the second thing is not only is it real, it's a place of love. Jesus says, my father's house. 1 John 4, uh, verse, um, 1 John 4, verse 8 
John wrote, and he writes there under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And so my father's house that Jesus is talking about is a place of love. John will continue in what we know as John 4.18, and he writes very simply there that perfect love casts out fear. So the practical aspect of what I know is real should begin to impact how I live today in the love of the Father. And when Christ has perfected my love for Him, it perfects my love for others. I can take those things that are there and and I can begin to show them in a real way to people. And we need to understand the truth of what it means to be loved by God. God doesn't love us because Christ died for our sin. Because God loves us, Christ died for our sin. He doesn't love you more because Jesus died for you. Because he is love. And because I know that's real, wherever that is and whenever that is for me and for you, if you have a relationship, because I know it's real, it frees me and it allows Christ, if I surrender to him, to perfect my love. First to him, and then as my love is perfected to him, it casts out fear. I can love everybody else whether they love me or not. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to worry about what somebody else looks like or, or what somebody else says or, or if they respond. I, perfect love casts out fear. And then all of this, John 14, comes after Jesus has given this discourse in John 13. It's all the final, the Lord's Supper. He, he's saying, I'm coming, it's hope, it's this, it's this, it's this. And, and it all follows on the heels of what he said in John 13. A new command. In fact, the, right before he goes into John 14, he says, A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So, so what does that look like? Did Jesus love person A more than he did person B? Nope. Did he love the older people more than he loves the younger people? Nope. Men more than women? Nope. Jew more than Greek? Nope. Black more than white? Nope. His love was just to whomever he came in contact with. Even, Even the Pharisees, even those people who couldn't stand him, his love was perfect. And so the practical, the way that this looks for you and I as a part of the body of Christ, and and I would challenge you that this is why the church in America today is struggling. And it's because we don't understand grace. Grace is the same for everybody. We, We all... We all are undeserving. That, that person driving down Slide Road with a UT sticker on his bumper needs Jesus. <laughs> my brother and I were having this discussion last night. My brother's 
back from Nepal. He'll be in the second service, and a lot of you will see him, maybe for the first time, and you'll go, no way, that's his brother. Doesn't look like me. Um, needs to cut his hair. I'll say that in the second service, too. I don't care. It's, um, but we were talking about this last night. We were talking about grace. And he, he said, when he used to do student work, he said one of the ways, and he said, now, and I want you to listen. Listen all the way through what I'm fixing to say. Uh, he said, I used to try to teach grace to, to my students while I was doing student ministry. And he said, I used to say, so what about this? What if, what if you're in the line to get into heaven? Okay, and there's a long line. You know, you're believers. There's a lot of us. We're standing in line. We know we're there in the end line. It says in. We know we're getting in. We know we've trusted by faith in his grace. We know that. And the closer we get, we're smiling because we know we're fixing to get in. And there's another line next to us, and it's the not line. And all those people are in the not line. And the closer they're getting, they know they're not getting in. And so the looks on our faces are getting joyous. The looks on their faces are getting sad. And then all of a sudden, Jesus walks out and says to everybody in the not line, come on. You're in. He said, if you for a minute begin to think that's not fair, you don't understand grace. Everybody ain't getting in. If you're in the knot line when he comes, it's over. But understand, you and I didn't do one thing to deserve his grace. There are people around us who need to understand what it means to be loved as he loved. And if I really know where I'm headed, then I am freed from anything here that would hinder me. And when I do that, I'm able to do that because of what he says in verse 6. He continues on and says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also, and you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Any of you ever had a project? Maybe it was a bicycle. Maybe it was a birthday gift you were trying to put together for your kids maybe it was a problem at work you're trying to work it out maybe it's um i, I don't know you're, you're just you're trying to work on a car uh you, you're doing so anybody have a project and you you got all these pieces and you see that this there's there's two pieces they only go together this way but if you put them together this way then nothing else fits anybody ever had that and, and, and you know those have to, they, they, just, they just fit that way. But if I put them together that way, it doesn't fit here. And you keep trying and trying and trying, and finally you take out the instructions. And then all of a sudden it's like, ha, of course. That's how that works. There are a lot of people today who are seeking to put it all together before they bring it to Christ. And they're trying, this fits here, and if I do this, and if I do this, this works. And then they want to say, I've got it cleaned up, and I've got it fixed, and I'm going to bring it to you. And Jesus said, let me simplify the equ equation for you. 
Let me, let me tell you how this really works. Let me take all the stress and all the strain and all the struggle off of you and give you something very simple that you can understand. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I broke that finger a long time ago. Sometimes it doesn't work. The life. So what's it mean? Jesus is speaking specifically about how you and I can explain to them, but first of all, you and I can know the truth. You don't get there except by him. He is the way, and that that means it's not merely a doctrine, it's not merely an understanding or a path. It is that he himself, the one and only, only begotten Son of God, through his obedience and his sacrifice, is the only way of salvation. He is the one that is appointed and approved by the Father for the salvation of all who will call upon his name. You aren't getting there any other way. The redemption of sin doesn't take place in any other way. He is the way. He is the truth. Not only is he true and not only does he speak truth, but he is the originator and the creator of anything that is true. He is true as the sacrifice, as the priest. He is true to to the task of the sacrifice for sin. As the King of kings and Lord of lords, he is true to the task of administrating his Father's kingdom. As truth, he is the fulfillment of the Gospels because they point to him in any and every way. As a teacher, he is true because he taught the true way of salvation to any and all who will come. He's truth. And he's life. He is the originator of natural life, spiritual life, and eternal life. As opposed to the law that is the burden of death. And in all of those things, he says, this is, this is who I am in every single way. And then he concludes that verse by saying, no one comes to the Father except through me. And, and that language, is, it's a picturesque, descriptive language of a channel. The way. No one comes to the Father. I am the way. I am the channel. No one gets there except through. Dia. If you're in me, a channel. And you get the idea about if, you, if you've ever fished or you've ever been on a big boat, there is a channel. And that channel is where the river or the creek that they dammed up to make that lake runs. And it's deeper and it's free usually of brush. It's cleared and there are buoys that mark the channel. And as long as you've got your boat on the right side of the buoy, you can run just as fast as you want to through that. It's deep water. Even though there may be a dry time and the water's down, that water's deep. You stay in the channel, man, you can go. You and I need to run in deep water. And there are times as believers that we get out in the shallows and we get hung up. 
I remember one time when I was uh, with working with the water ski club in Sulphur Springs, and we, we would do displays and stuff, and my uncle had ski boats, and he had a jet boat. Different boats, different things, and I remember we were running across Lake Sulphur Springs one day, and the jet boat it had been a dry summer. The water was a little bit down, and, and my uncle got out of the channel. And we were running. I, I don't know how fast we were running, but all of a sudden we hit a sandbar and we weren't running. We stopped. And if you've ever been, there don't no, not no seatbelts in a boat. When it stops, you don't. Be in him. As a believer, we are to be in him because it is only through him that we're going to be able to love it is only through him that we can understand the reality of all that is taking place he is the channel and and when i am in him and walking in him i understand the truth of what the writer of hebrews wrote in hebrews 12 2 where he speaks of jesus christ and says for the joy set before him he endured the cross, despising its shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. For the joy set before him, the truth of what's coming, the reality of the realness of heaven restored and earth restored, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. You and I have that same opportunity when we run in Him, in the channel, in the deep water. And so as a believer this morning, just ask yourself, if I'm running in the deep water, have I allowed my life to, to get over into the shallows? Have I allowed myself to get entangled in some things that have stopped my momentum? Push back out into deep water. There, there are some of us here this morning, and there are some probably watching on, on TV or, or, or through their computer on YouTube, and, 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 and you're working through this, and what, what really is troubling you right now as you and I look at everything that's going on is this do I really know the promise do I really understand the truth of the fact that he's coming again and does that give me comfort do you know the truth in your life of a completed return if you don't you can if he's gone to prepare a place, if he's gone to build a place there, then what does he need to be as a believer building into my life here? So that whatever is there, I'm ready for it. And that's what we've talked about the last few weeks, about the fruit of the Spirit and the power of, of, of his promise and, and, and the, the, the presence of the Spirit and what we do. As you and I look at that, what does he need to, to build into me? And I need to ask myself the question, how am I doing 
at that new command. How am I doing at loving others as he has loved me? Boy, that's just been, that's been a lot of examination in this old boy's heart this week. How am I doing? How am I doing at loving others the way he loves me? Run in deep water. Know the truth and the reality. Love someone else because they need to know he is the only way. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for your truth. I thank you for your promises. I pray this morning, Lord, that, that you would just take these next few moments and you would make them for us an opportunity. An opportunity to examine our life and, and to see what are those things that, that you need to build into my life right now that, that will help me and prepare me even more for what you want to reveal to me on the day that I meet you face to face, whether that's because my life here physically ends or because you break the eastern sky and you come again. Lord, I want to be ready. I know I'm saved, but I want to be ready. Father, I pray for, for, for those of us as believers here this morning that Lord, sometimes we get hung up in the shallows. We let the concerns and the cares of this world begin to, to dictate what we do. God, when that happens, we forget what it means to live grace to others. So, Father, I pray for healing of relationships. I pray for restoration of uh, brokenness and, and, and hurt and pain that uh, God has been caused because we live in a fallen world. Lord, I, I pray that you would give us a renewed heart, give me a renewed heart to love others as you love Father, the reality is there are probably some here today and just the, the hard truth is they've never been in the channel. Lord, we've been trying to put it together, fixing it, getting it right, and it just doesn't seem to be fitting. And it's because we've not heard your answer to life's equation. Jesus is the way, the truth. In the life. So, Father, I pray for those here this morning who simply need right now just to call upon your name. Ask for salvation in the name of Jesus alone and be saved. God, may grace abound and may it touch us as we live knowing you are Lord.
We pray that this morning in Jesus Christ's most precious name. Amen.